Cheers. Cheers. Welcome to A Pint with Shoney B. The cheers you're hearing is an old-fashioned that my guest has just rustled up uh, in his home in North London. I'm with a very interesting guest who I've never met. He is a guitarist, first and foremost. I'm not sure what his lead guitar, but he plays guitar for a band called Axes. And he's also a member of a really innovative up-and-coming ensemble band called Human Pyramids who recently launched their second album to much acclaim called Home. We'll, as usual on these musician podcasts, have some of his music playing he will introduce for us. And I'm welcoming now your name, Jayon Nijad. Ah, quite, pretty close, pretty close, Jayon. Jayon Nijad. Where is Jayon Nijad from? Jayon is like this hippie name from Iran. It's used in like Persian poetry and they say like Shira Jian, which is kind of like sort of bold and brave, like fierce lion. Right. But the thing is, like, no one would be called Jian. So when I speak to Iranians and I say my name's Jian, they're like, oh, my cat's called Jian. Because <laughs> it's like, it's like an ironic. What would, what would the uh, English version of that then be? Be called Fluffy or something, right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or a tiger or yeah. a lion or something Spot. like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you're from, so your parents are Persian? Dad's, dad's from Iran. Okay. Mum's English. He met her when he was training. He's a, a tax consultant, accountant. He came over here. And then they went, had my sister, went back to Iran. And then the revolution kicked off. Okay, mid-70s. And yeah, and yeah. that was just a real full-on thing. And he was kind of right on the forefront of that. And a lot of his friends got uh, got killed or got imprisoned, and including his brother, who I'm my second okay. name, Ali named after him and so yeah so they had to get get the fuck out of Iran how does he see Iran now is he well it's, I went uh, I went back there with him got quite a lot of family in Tehran and um, I went back there for the well I went there for the first time about four and a half years ago there was like a load of crap I couldn't go because of like military service yeah. and then I think my dad was dragging his heels a bit because the country's obviously being taken over by fascists but I said that I'm going you can come with me if you want. But it I'll keeps kind of threatening to get back to the way it was, doesn't it? It keeps wobbling like, oh, wait, yeah. what? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, back yeah. <laughs> well, that, it's, that's, the crazy, that's the crazy thing because you've got a giant population of young people. So they're all pretty progressive and they don't want the status quo. And then you've got like the elected officials who are all up for a fairly democratic society. Yeah. And then you've got these kind of like Muller clergy who have the final veto with sticks with sticks yeah yeah exactly yeah and so it's crazy so you go to the country and it's just I went when I went there it was just really upsetting because all the people you meet are incredible and you can really feel like the history and the culture and they're just yeah. like how welcoming they are and then you know the street names have changed you've got these crazy sermons belting out in the street to say mm. right wing fundamentalist religious yeah crap and everyone's and the economy's fucked and but yeah, so every now and then little changes happen. And my cousin was saying that recently it feels um, like there has been quite a big change. I think the young population is just too much to deal with. They definitely mm. don't have the manpower to constantly shut down every time yeah. some kids want to hang out and have a good time. So I think there's like a bit of a change coming. So were you brought up in Islam quite... quite no, not no. at all. No, no. So, so my dad's father was like a real fundamentalist Islamic guy. Right. So my dad in no way has any of... I was going to say just in case of the old fashioned. Oh, in case of the old fashioned. That's why I said let's do... You get a fat one on yeah, the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, that's why I said I was doing the interview in England. Than, like, <laughs> yeah. Jay Lons is non-alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the first time I went out to Tehran, within about eight hours, I found myself at an illegal party drinking vodka, doing a knee slide that's not good. along the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so, you know, it's obviously risk. It's, you take the risk, but you get out there and there's just a thing that clicks in your head that's kind of like... Careful now. No, no, no. it was the opposite. Really? It was like... It was push like, the boat. Push the boat. Yeah, it right. was just like it was just like I'm with my cousins. I'm in Tehran. They're being Fuck oppressed, it. and they're all just they're all just saying, "Fuck it, we're going to have a party yeah, tonight." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, I get." I get it will be the young from. people, that, yeah, because there is that versus Iraq and places like that. There's a there's a, there's a sort of richness to. I mean, it was amazing. Apparently, in the sixties and seventies, yeah. it was like yeah. Paris. You know, yeah. it was like yeah, yeah. And so this is the heartbreaking thing, and I think like when I talk to some people about that stuff, like. I think what people don't get is that, yeah, it was really amazing, exactly like you say, like really cultural and kind of like Paris. But then you just had this like Shah who was in place via the US who yeah. was just a despot. And people were, if you sort of showed any sort of uh, dissent, you just get locked up or killed. Yeah. That's the regime that my father and his friends were like fighting against. That they all feel so shit now because they're like, oh my god, what it what replaced it was worse. Was so much worse. Yeah, Egypt they, is and, going the same yeah, way. Yeah, and they really feel like if you speak to my dad and his generation, they feel like they failed. They tried to stop this despot from ruling their really cool, mm. funky country. Yeah, and actually, the upshot is that now they live in like a fascist religious dictatorship. So the Philippines has gone that way. Yeah, There's a lot of yeah. countries that are like I. I don't think he can beat himself up over it because they're right yeah. in the first place. Yeah. Right? You're right to get rid of Imelda Marcos and, and you know, the Shavaran and all yeah. these yeah. guys and the guy in Mubarak and all these, you know, yeah. get rid of that. Yeah. But, and then elect. But, you know, what it gets yeah. elected, well, we don't like that. Well, it's tough you elect. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you get rid of it? So anyway, enough about Middle Eastern politics, <laughs> not what we're here for. But... <laughs> So you grew up in London? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I grew up in Devon. Grew up oh, in Devon, Devon, okay. Yeah, yeah, I grew up in Devon. You um, don't have an or I would have thought you might have a little accent. Or yeah, <laughs> I probably do a bit if I get around other people yeah. from... People from round here or yeah. from round <laughs> right, here. Mate, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Don't go down there. Let's do the rest of the podcast <laughs> in this one. <laughs> I told you not to come here. Yeah. Um, so what was that like? Very... Pastoral and yeah, that was yeah. kind of seaside. I was in Torbay. What was your old man doing out there? That had you out there? He was just being an accountant, and right. I think they moved there because my grandmother was brought up and lived there her whole life. Actually, going to her ninetieth birthday this weekend. Yeah, I think they sort of moved there to sort of make a bit of a family yeah. pad. So I grew up by the sea, and it was a real mixed bag because um, it's a beautiful place. There, Very but. sheltered. But really sheltered, yeah. and like it's like Ireland. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was like so different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I and I, I just didn't ever. I had I had lots of friends and everything was cool. But at the same time, I had lots of like angst because I just never really got. I never. Really Where did the angst like come from? For just from like, knowing there was something else and you weren't a part yeah, of it. FOMO, as we call yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely FOMO, but also <laughs> just like. Turns out I'm really Iranian, 
and once because I went, up, went to Iran everyone was like wow you're really Iranian I was like yeah I really thought that because I didn't grow up around many Iranians but I always felt it and so Iranians would be kind of like oh come into my house let me give you loads of food do you yeah. want to cuddle you know that kind yeah. of thing and so I was kind of like that when I was a kid and all the kids down in Peyton were like fucking dick <laughs> so I never so quite, you mean you were nice I basically quite, <laughs> yeah I was nice but then you know a bit needy and then pissed, so, no, well no. I don't know you know it's like when did you first yeah. get into music or how did that happen I got into music there were like three memories. There was the neighbour, this sounds dodgy now, I went into his attic when I was really little and he had this vintage electric guitar with this crazy like tremolo. So you could... Mr. Herbert, was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could play the... <laughs> Put your head in my pocket. It's a patch. A little patch of coffee. They're very strong. <laughs> Yeah, you have three of these and you yeah. can't, do a, can't do any more chat. And so he was so, an ex-muso. I don't know. I don't know who this guy was. I can't remember right. what it's called now. I think he might have been called Paul right. something. Anyway, but you could. But the, the point I was going to make was you could strum the strings without having to fret anything. And then you push this little tremolo mechanism on the back and it made the strings kind of like go in and out of right. tune. And so that was really satisfying. And I remember thinking, oh, that's really, really cool. And it was like this kind of like cherry red guitar, but kind of like the one sat in this room yeah. now. So there was that. Then there was my uncle, my mother's brother, Nigel, who's just this awesome, cool, motorcycle, maintenance, like, mega dude, hippie guitar player. And he would just play guitar, and I just sort of fell in love with it through him. Right. And then... What um, was your mother's background? uh, Mum, born in Wales, grew up there, and then moved to Southampton. And then my dad pretty much snapped her up when she was 18. And then they were off to Iran and stuff, so yeah. But she actually, I spied some guitars in a window down the road. And I was like, Mom, they've got guitars. And so she knocked on this old man's door, Mr. Lawman. Mm-hmm. And he was my first guitar teacher. So just down the really? road from where I live. So yeah, so it kind of like it came, it came together. So I was eight when I started playing guitar. Really? Do you believe the 10,000 hours thing? That, it, that the earlier you start with guitar, the better you will? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, being a teacher now, like, mm. it's. So, yeah, you teach guitar. Where, let's get yeah. that out of the way. Where, where yeah. do you teach and who do you teach? Um, so I teach down in uh, teach down in a private school just off the King's Road and also in people's homes and stuff. I do about three and a half days a week. So did you go to college after you finished? In, or where, did you, when did you leave? I left them when the I was... The West. The West Country. Yeah, I left them when I was um, 19. I went travelling for a bit. But yeah, 19, I went to London. So I'd done college, I'd done A-levels and music A-levels and then mm. went to the University of Westminster in London and did uh, commercial music. Oh, that's and, that's um, where our Venn diagram meets, yeah. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> did you yeah. have a band when you were a teenager? Like, were you, were you singing and writing? Or yeah, did you like that? yeah, 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 we did, we did. And we had one of the... Give us the name, because I've got... Ve- any... It was Vel. Vel, which means welcome in okay. some... Polish Eastern or European yeah. or something language yeah my best mate Nick was on drums and then there was Ollie who was like the uh, local star he was sort of like tipped for big things um, and he had his dad who ended up being our manager it was sort of like this strange if you're going to write like a sitcom about a band of teenagers managed by one of their dads right. all the tropes you could probably imagine the creme brulee yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was shit business yeah. <laughs> it was yeah yeah I mean like I, I watched I was watching that the other day and I thought I, might, I still, so might, sad, end up, I still might end up being that guy <laughs> it's so sad 
And what yeah. sort of music were Val playing? Val was playing covers of like the Stereophonics and the Red Top Chili Peppers and Lenny Kravitz and yeah, that kind of stuff. And then we were writing our own kind of like indie, indie anthemic tunes and stuff like that. Did you get bitten though then at that stage? Was that yeah. you? I'm going to be a musician. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was that was a... cool to know that. Or... Yeah, you know what? Actually, I got bitten. I got bitten literally a few months after I started playing the guitar when I was eight. The school, I, primary school, I went in had no music stuff going on. I was, I was end up finding myself in the music room on my own for some reason, not doing anything. There were no, didn't even have like proper music lessons. But they, one of the teachers made me, not made me, encouraged me to just go and play a bit of do a little show and tell but to like the whole school in assembly and play a couple of chords that I'd learn and uh, so I sat down and the whole school was there and I literally played D and A like three or four times with a little rhythm I'd come up with an electric guitar no just on a little classical guitar and the school just erupted really in like applause okay and I was just kind of like oh yeah that's pretty cool yeah, okay, I'll do this now then. This is like uh, in Devon. Yeah. Never seen this weird... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he turned Satan's up. music arrived at <laughs> yeah. school today. You sat down with that pointy thing and then yeah. all of a sudden like noise came out. <laughs> we went crazy. It was insane. And I really enjoyed playing to them. And I got the adrenaline rush. And, um, do you I still just, get that? Yeah, yeah. And if I don't... If I play a gig now and I don't have any adrenaline or nerves... I've learned to control the adrenaline to a certain extent, which is good because it means I don't spend the day like with a dry mouth and wobbly knees. Yeah. Like I just feel like a slow surging of energy showtime. coming up, and then when showtime kicks in, right. I've got like it's all there and yeah. it's not over the top. My yeah. hands aren't going to cramp. I'm not going to like jump off the stage. Yeah. It's all contained but quite powerful. Like it's taken me a long time to get there. Every now and then you play a gig and you don't have anything, and yeah. those are the those are the ones when I shit it. Because yeah. I'm like that will oh, be the spliff you had an hour before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that those, those kind of things. Those kind of things. There's not really, with, especially with the kind of music that Axes plays, which is kind of really frenetic, crazy, changing technical rock. It's so like you're so amped up just playing it, and you also, I mean, a lot of it's muscle memory now. What with having played it for so long, yeah. but you still need to be in control. You get too high or too pissed. And it's just a nightmare, really. So. Good time to talk about, uh, to, to play your first track for us. Cool. Well, I'll introduce you to the first track on our second album, which is called The One. I wrote the initial idea for this track and just sent it to the other guys going like, I think I've written The One, the one that sums up what we are now. And they're all like, yeah, it's wicked. And then we all worked on it. And when we all work on things, it obviously changes heavily and everyone puts their input in but yeah so this is uh this is the one the first track on glory
Okay, that was the one. So, Axes, um, the first thing I want to say to you is, how the fuck had no one taken that name before? Yeah, I don't know. I like, really don't I, know. I, I was like, they yeah. were called Axes, yeah. and it's like yeah, yeah, three yeah, guitarists. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like, what? Absolutely no idea. Don't know how that's happened. When did the band set up, and how did it set up, band first of all? started, I always think it's less than it is, but I think it might be seven years ago. So we all knew each other in one way or another. Stacy, the bass player, and Paul played in a hardcore band called Black Tax. My old band, Optimist Club, this is early 2000s, played like hardcore, kind of like post-hardcore, like punk. Mm. We did tons of shows together. Then Paul was the sound engineer for a band called the King Blues, um, and Al was the drummer. So that's how they met. And then we were all in sort of various things for a few years. And then I was in this kind of pop rock band that nearly happened but didn't and was kind of trying to be like Arcade Fire. Yeah. But ultimately we all kind of had our heads in the wrong places. So that sort of folded and then Paul instantly just said, right. You, you and you. You come in with me. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And put access How many bands had you been in since Vel? Uh, One, two, including Vel. Is that Optimist Club okay, for like six so. years and then so, okay. so, so. Yeah, I pretty much always stuck in like a big proper project and like saw it through saw to through either good. like kind of like the great days or it all sort of falling apart. Uh, like was it in a smoky bar that you all said, why don't, look, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, it was, what was it? No, Paul had been talking to me for So ages, Paul Russell is the Paul guy, Russell, he's a yeah. Glaswegian, right? Yeah, uh, he's, sort from, of, he's well, Scottish anyway. He's, yeah, I mean, he was literally born and grew up right between the two, so uh, you can take his pick. Right, and he's a bit of he's a bit of a renaissance. He dabbles in everything, and you do as well. In fairness, we'll talk about your production maybe a little bit later. Yeah, but yeah you're he, all you're all just. So Paul is just an amazing front of house sound engineer as a day job, but like the kind of front of house sound engineer that does like huge mega gigs and festivals, and people queue up at the end of gigs. Mainly, obviously, other techie people to go. Yeah. How did you do that? Wow, okay. I've never heard this venue, this yeah. really famous venue, or this stage at this festival sound yeah. that good. How do you do it? Like, he's so he's what Glastonbury and all these yeah, kind of things. Yeah, okay. like anything you right. can think of. Yeah. So that's his day job. But then on top of that, he's this awesome, amazing guitar player, absolutely brilliant composer, and he's written electronic um, music, like kind of like glitch, kind of like crazy sort of breakcore stuff and then he's written all the axes stuff the hardcore stuff and now he's doing human pyramids one of right. the bands that i play in now which we'll is talk about them crazy modern yeah. ensemble with strings and horns and a rock band in the middle he's just got this like relentless energy and drive and um obviously like loads of talent but um yeah. but yeah just an amazing guy to be around most of the time and, and we're like best bestest brotherly yeah, so you've had a good you know. 10 years or whatever, seven yeah, years or whatever yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, Nine years. One of the other tracks when I was researching I quite liked, just because the fun you were all having, mm. including the drummer, was uh, Fleetwood Math. Yeah. Love yeah. the way that was shot. And you're just like, and, and it's it, like this sort of music, you mentioned Arcade Fire, I mentioned before we press play, because I'm a bit older than you, you know, there was echoes of a lot of Mike Oldfield, in, when Michael, like Mike Oldfield made a lot of shit, but like Tubular Bells and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Some, some really, really good uplifting crescendos. Uh, some of the reviews talk about both Axes and the Human Pyramids as being like showered with 
skittles or smarties or whatever and there were fireworks and, but i mean that's that's yeah. rare i mean it's hard to get that kind of i, I was saying it'd be it, it, you know it's, it's almost like when arcade fire first arrived and they were kind of young and panicky about their yeah. success and they were on stage sweating your man was sweating themselves stupid but they were all the the, the sort of euphoria and joy yeah. that they had about yeah. them it's really hard to capture you guys have got that in a lot of your stuff yeah thanks i mean that's like really cool to hear because that's what we aim for in both those bands is that euphoria and the problem with like euphoric music or uplifting music or even like happy music is that it's really hard to do without it coming across we can so easily go wrong it can feel forced it can feel contrived it can mm. feel like cheesy yeah and that is not something that either of those bands ever sound like so this math fleetwood math so the math pop what's what tell yeah. me what that is that i didn't know what the hell that ah was. right okay so when we started that band so you go so we came out of being in really like hardcore very really aggressive really mm. really aggressive bands not euphoric but punk visceral and like right. punk we got together and made axes and we just said we need to make something that doesn't take into account what anybody wants we're just going to make what the four of us want to make because it would probably be awesome if we get in a room and do something like we were just confident that we would have a really good time and we had like no agenda we didn't want to like get signed we didn't even want to like play loads of gigs we didn't even want to like record some big album labor of loving we were just like let's just do it We've all been playing loads of bands for years and doing our thing. Like we just need to get in a room and like have some good fun again. Like I definitely lost my excitement about being in a band after being in that pop band for a while. It was just kind of like yeah, it was just all the music industry and the kind of yeah. trough of shite that Steve. So Arby the music was industry about. was collapsing around you as yeah. well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Thanks music, to yeah. Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the fucking crazy thing, man. Like I said, I got to uni and went to commercial music, and the first thing that they kind of said was. Right, yeah, we're going to teach you all this stuff, but like broadband's just kicked in and maps mm. is happening. Yeah. So the entire paradigm is going to change and we don't know where it's going to go, yeah. but everything's going to get turned on its head. Yeah. And so everything we're going to teach you is kind of relevant in principle, but will actually like kind of go out of the window. And we were like, oh, right, so this is going to be like totally mental yeah. then. Yeah. And then it was, yeah. I.e. there's no money in music anymore. There's yeah. no money. Yeah. We don't even know how you could make some if... There wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, it was funny the way Metallica were the, were the, were the, went after Napster. I mean, they, and it's Meta- I, Metallica fucking knew this. I thought that We were all like, going, ah, leave Napster alone. They're fine. You know, yeah. we're buying your shit. And Metallica went, fuck no way. And they, I, they went after them. They closed I, them down, actually. Yeah. I, Something I, else um, whack-a-moles up, but, you know, yeah. I remember that. And I just remember thinking, like, what mindset is a band like that in? where they do that where they don't just go like okay things are changing like we're one of the biggest bands ever yeah we'll probably be all right let's figure it out yeah. if anything let's be a part of the change no they just went no they are it was obvious they, they probably had some fucking lawyer who Reckon. just fucking saw it. i mean i can't see have yeah. you seen some kind of monster no that, that's Zucco, is it yeah yeah so my best answer to why they did that is if you watch that documentary they got successful so early on and got whipped into this like world stardom and, and believed in their own hype that they'd stayed children. And yeah. they, if you watch that documentary, you're watching like... like 40-year-olds. 40 14-year-olds. Yeah, 14-year-olds. <laughs> the way they talk okay, to so each other. Okay, so it's kind of right. Yeah, yeah, so they kind of, yeah. So it kind of makes sense that they would throw their toys out of the pram when, when yeah. things change. But So anyway, you were, you were taking all these so, yeah. influences. 
and yeah, so we we all a bit knackered, but kind of excited about working together, and then um, and then we just started making this music, and because of some of the, the the technical aspects of all the music we made in the past, what would be perceived as like math rock came out, so people started to say it was like the math rock band because basically so all explain my, to yeah, our listeners yeah. what math rock means. So basically, math rock is mainly mainly instrumental mostly guitar-led occasionally with some synths but mostly guitar-led rock music very technical chops and changes through time signatures tempos often a bit through composed in that like it will start somewhere and somewhere else and it maybe doesn't keep referencing itself all the way through you don't get verses and choruses mm. necessarily you get like a journey and there's always been like little splinter bands that encompass those things I just described in the UK. And But then there was this big deal when Battles, a band from the States, got signed to Warp Records over here. They got pushed. And then it just pushed a little bit more into, the I wouldn't say the mainstream, but the sort of like larger end of the alternative scene. So, right. And then like, like a few years later axes were around and so obviously like massive thing to do with like being successful is just timing isn't it and um once we played our first gig we got signed within six gigs right. and then the following summer there was a festival which has now been going about five years or so called arc tangent festival down in bristol mm-hmm. really nice kind of four thousand five thousand people all for those kind of bands, getting bands from the US that were cool, but right. but putting a lot of energy into UK bands who were like that. It was great timing. We just kind of made that band. There were some other people had been doing some stuff that you could kind of link with us. Yeah, there was a, some guys willing to put themselves on the line and put a big festival together, or you know, small, a big small yeah, festival yeah. together. And so it all kind of like came together. And you were on the wave. Yeah, we're exactly on the wave. Yeah, yeah. The music is. Uh, let's play another track while we're on axes. Um, it it is all instrumental primarily, right? There's some human voice, but it, there's no lyrics. Yeah, axes. Right? There's like maybe one. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> on both. But albums. it's kind of it, 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 <laughs> the, the stuff I, I've only. I will look at more because I was quite taken by it. When you first met, did you? feel the chemistry that you guys clearly have the first time anything was ever felt was in this room that we're in now really it's most... tiny yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, we weren't rehearsing but um paul was just showing me a few of the they demoed a couple of little ideas just ahead of our first rehearsal and so paul used to live here in my house where we are now and the room we're in now which is not my little studio was his little studio right and i'd come round to try out a few guitar things mm. and so we were jamming in here just on electric guitars and then al the drummer lived here as well and he popped his head in and was like that sounds fucking awesome right this rehearsal's gonna be Brilliant. great so we had the little clicking moment and then we went into the rehearsal the following week and stacy was there and it was just like probably an hour in it was just the whole mega vibe like looking at each other just yeah. going like this 
It's so yeah, special. you look like you don't want to stop, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Like you know, sometimes you see that in live gigs where the band just keep going, and it's yeah, like they yeah, hit yeah, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. they hit some vein, and they just go, kind of, <laughs> and you're like, oh, we gotta go again. <laughs> it's like half an hour later, and you're still going, yeah, 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 going mad. Right? No. And how old were you when you started? All of you, like in your late twenties or mid twenties? What axes? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, late twenties. I'm thirty four now, so yeah, twenty, yeah, twenty seven. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay, so let's hear the second axis track right okay well i'm gonna play you the title track of the album glory this is one that i think sums up that euphoria that we were talking about right. and just has a like genuinely awesome vibe this is glory
Okay, so that was Glory. Have you ever come up with some really great fucking Radiohead exit, boring, dull, wrist-opening, but brilliant tracks and gone, fuck, if only we weren't axes, we could do that. Like, yeah. do you have a... Yeah, Sorry, yeah, that's yeah. not our sound. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, completely. And so Paul and I both took new ideas to the band and we took ideas in that we were kind of like, right, well, this this could be a, a new EP or a new album. And it didn't really stick because we can't, like, the second album that we made with Axes, Glory, that sums up what Axes is. And we were mm. like, we can't just make another one like that. We've got it in us to do it, but what's the point? Like, yeah. we nailed it. Like, let's yeah. push ourselves. So Paul and I came up with these things. And it didn't really stick with the guys. And so we, you know, Axes at the moment, we're kind of like, you know, we still gig and some pretty cool things coming up. We actually, our show in... Christmas has sold out already, which is really cool. Those ideas weren't really ripe for axes, and so some of them became human pyramids, which mm. is obviously pretty euphoric and uplifting still mm. anyway. But the stuff that I, I've gone on to do, making like electronic music, that is darker and sleazy, more sleazy. Dark, darker Are you and going under your stuff. own name on that? No, so the stuff I do sort of electronic music wise is called uh, under the name Brutal Deluxe right okay yeah I've nearly finished what will be the first EP and then I've got to start showing it to people and then when I start showing it to people that depends on how that goes because if everyone goes oh my god it's, you captured the zeitgeist you know then uh, <laughs> then like you know hopefully it'll come out on a cool label and <laughs> yeah off, off I go. It's funny the way, like you know, I write and stuff, and, and also when I was in advertising, even when you'd make a, an ad that you thought was really great, because obviously most ads are shit, <laughs> but like sometimes you do something fucking good, and you go, yeah. that's why we're in the in the business. Yeah. So like stuff that you'd like, yeah, you know, John Lewis or whatever, when yeah. the world turns itself upside down, waiting to see it. Yeah, but you never really know. You know it's good, and you know it's the best you you could do. Mm. But sometimes I've put stuff out that I thought, that's, I think that's okay. And that's caught fire. And it's really caught fire, yeah. You know, and then the problem I've had, I was, I was saying to an interview I had today with an artist, is, is knowing when to stop fucking around with it. I yeah. find that really hard. Like, you know, just like someone will say, oh, what about that? And you kind of, particularly for my business where you have an approvals process. Yeah. You kind of go, oh yeah, he has a point or she has a point or maybe I should. Yeah, once you start letting... Yeah. Then your fucking wheels yeah, fall off Yeah, once you start letting quick. other people get in yeah. and you get the whole committee vibe going. Like, yeah. That's dangerous. Like, what's that like in advertising? Is it like that? Is that Oh, right? the whole is that, advertising. Is that, that's why it adds yeah. a shit. Because someone goes, well, what about yeah. if uh, <laughs> Why is the father serving the food? Why, why, <laughs> really, mothers should say that. <laughs> The dad should be driving the car. <laughs> and not yeah. only that, we go out to postmen and women and, yeah. you know, people who work in office jobs who don't have anything to do with that. I was like, do you think that's a good ad? Yeah. <laughs> right. No, it's not. I, yeah. you know, they, they just go, well, a beer ad should have birds with it. And they, oh, for God's sake, what the heck? Yeah. Where's the product? Just tell me how, what, tell me what it does and how much it costs, yeah. you know, and that's yeah, what yeah, you get. Yeah. You go, why are all the ads shit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you could imagine going out with your music to a focus group mm. <laughs> of people who know nothing about music. Yeah. And you yeah. would like that? Do you like what that? Do you think? Yeah. yeah. How's that for you? How's the, that? Yeah. The guitar's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really weird. It's really, really weird with music. Like, you need to, like, take, you need to take risks you need to be slightly arrogant that your idea is really, really good and just kind of get on with it and do it. However, 
I am now making what is effectively dance music. Mm. So if people <laughs> nod their heads and dance and, and if they don't hear the production and go, oh, that sounds so fucking cool. Yeah. Like say with axes, like, you know, you've said some really cool things about it, which I you know I agree with, but I can go on stage with the rest of axes and play this really loud rock show and then walk off. And it doesn't really like matter what the audience was doing if I just wanted to be in a band because I go on and I make loads of noise and then I go off again but like when you're like producing electronic music like you're trying to say to people like this is the vibe this is what you're going to get right. down to like you're going to nod your head to this you're going to feel good when you hear this yeah. you're going to want to hear it again like well you're also DJ drifting into DJ yeah territory and you drift yeah and it's one guy and yeah. oh fuck no one's dancing yeah and so <laughs> yeah. like you I am like acutely aware that like my music is so like I'm making music that serves a certain purpose mm. now, so I can't be too much of a kind of like, oh, well, I think it's great, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I do need some people. To is it fair it. that you've like, I mean, one of the interesting things about your career and your band, the bands that you've worked with, is that you kind of arrived basically after the money for jam was gone. So, like, mm. you're you're it's never been a better time to get your stuff heard if it's good. No. But to get a, a coin for it is very difficult. Yeah, right? it's really, really fucking difficult. But that's why I that's why I have a day job. That's why I made this decision about halfway through my career. I just thought I'd always kind of justified not working that much so I could have loads of time to do music, and mm. I didn't, I didn't want to like kind of give in and have a job and all that kind of shit. And then I was like, you know what? Like, this is fucking tough. I'm passionate about making about making pretty alternative, mm. far out music. People fucking love it when they hear it, but like, it's not you know not. Coldplay I'd like to have a flat and a girlfriend and like go out for dinner and go on holidays and like buy cool equipment so what I'll do is I'll have a job <laughs> and then yeah. like I'll have a job that's flexible and pays, pays yeah. pretty good no, it's, and you're then, fucking and dead right I'm and the same yeah I don't um, live a yeah. ostentatious life and I've kind of quit advertising. I don't have enough money to get me to the end but uh, I, one of my friends said to me you're the only guy I know who's uh financial planning is predicated on an early death (laughs) so be it yeah that's not actually far off my um Um, there was there was actually a really good death knell i think to the because there was that just yeah unfortunately coplay were in there as well but there was just this mezzanine massive attack uh, radio head kind of Kasabian white stripes. I love kind how of, your voice just goes. I know, but no. like they were like, you know, and Metallica <laughs> yeah. were better. And it was just, that I suppose, early 2000s. Yeah. There was just that this was it, couple of it? years the where death. there was like Arctic Monkeys. There was, there was a great sound came out mm. and then it was over. Yeah. Over. It was like the death was like all this coolness and then yeah. just kind of like, yeah. 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 And, um, and now here comes... You know, whoever. And if there's one, Kardashians. Yeah. And, yeah, like, yeah. No, Here comes I mean, Nicki Minaj. It was kind of, it was kind of like vibrant and cool, but that yeah. was actually kind of the death, wasn't it? Like that was yeah. that bit where it all just kind of, well, not the death. And I, I, death the, t- the, time when, uh, the time when, the time when Radiohead said, you can pay us what you want. Yeah. That was kind probably of, Yeah. Like, but, <laughs> okay, know, thanks. Free. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Cool. See what you're doing there. You wouldn't take my credit card, Tom. You wouldn't take my credit card. <laughs> But so yeah. let's talk about so you so you you going back on track. The Axes produced two albums, and you felt you you were talking about the idea of trying to bring new directions to the band. But you feel that this is your kind of 
noise. This is your sound, yeah? Yeah, I think like... So you're kind of on hiatus from Axis and then other projects? Axis are playing live um, every few months, doing kind of cool festivals or gigs and things that come up. We're not trying to write any new material, but in no way is it kind of like ruled out, like it's not over. I'm sure there'll be a time when we all kind of get the little itch and get excited but it just has to happen naturally like the first couple of albums like mm. trying to force it is just well you always know that trying to force it doesn't work but yeah. if you're in a cool thing you always try and give it a well at least you're not under you go, contract from some record company yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's so where we, people fall out yeah oh, definitely like so yeah. tell me then let's you know before we finish move into the, the human pyramids Paul, you told me earlier, this dynamic guy wants to do lots of things. Yeah. He came up with this sort of thought of so it. Paul, so what is it? It's an orchestral ensemble rock on thing. Yeah, there you oh, go. Yeah, 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 there right. you go. Yeah, with lots of hand gestures yeah. like you are just yeah. doing. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Paul, well, Paul just, um, Paul was just making this album for like three years. Going, I'm making my album, I'm making my album. We're all just going like, and he was getting people to come in and do different parts and stuff like that. And you'd hear little shots of it, and you'd be like, This is just fucking mad. What is it? And he'd be like, Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. But it had like song structures and things, and it just came together. And I remember he kept going off to Scotland to like be in a shack and yeah. like mix it. You These know, were his, his Paul McCartney while. on the farm with <laughs> Denny Lane and his yeah, wife years. There right. Did you grow a big beard? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now he's got a bit fat. But, uh, <laughs> well, so my, the cracks in the band begin uh, to appear. Nah, I can <laughs> say that now because he's, he's, he's looking well fit. But um, yeah. And That's so, Scotland, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just too many deep fried Mars Have bars. you had a buttery? <laughs> I don't care. Buttery is lard covered in pastry, <laughs> fold it over, cover it again in pastry, Another layer of lard, fold that over, deep fry it. It's and he uses a random Mars bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little pizza. So he was doing doing this album. He finally finished it. This so, is Planet Shush, is it? Yeah, right. yeah. He didn't go into it in a contrived. Oh my god, I'm going to get loads of publishing from this way. Like he went into it out of a place of loving it. Yeah. But it did really well because of the kind of music it is. And, so when um, you say publishing, that's yeah. So in terms of it getting like syncs for kind of like, match of the day, use it yeah, for their yeah, goals yeah, of the yeah. season. Yeah, like, I, I was yeah, thinking about yeah. that about some of the songs. Was, but okay, Fire got that as well. Yeah, I mean, that's that kind of it's yeah. happy. It's upbeat. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, the biggest fireworks. Thing, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, fireworks. And the biggest thing that he got was a was a big Coca Cola advert, but yeah, out in the Middle East, and we were like, ooh. You know, sell out sell out and he was like oh fuck you mate <laughs> yeah, I'm from Scotland yeah. that was probably yeah. why he got that <laughs> no but, but like yeah. you know the, the, yeah. the, that's a, just to stop on that but that's you know this again as we said earlier it's where the Venn diagrams of my career and yours meet yeah. and it's like advertising just rapes and pillages ideas artists copies them rips them off if it's not coke it's Mars bars and if it's not them it's razors or beers or whatever so the only way i think you 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 get sellout potential is if you're you know bono and you've already made squillions or whatever and you're giving yeah it to, and you, you just know, kind of like if you're a struggling band that has written a piece of work that coke want to use yeah, yeah fucking yeah up the ante because they yeah. want it and they'll pay for it yeah I, d- I just think like it's about where your intention lies if you like make music 
because that's what you love and you're passionate about it and you're yeah. excited about it and you get up in the morning because you want to do it. And then if you end up making some money on the side off it, wicked. Because yeah. no one is going to give you any money. The yeah. government's not going to give you any subsidies no. to make, go and make an album or put on some shows. You but know, it's funny, it's, the music that like, I have listened you know, like, yeah, of yours, it. I did have a little bit of a kind of a flashback to my ad career. You know, that's gone, this stuff is... You know what I mean? And it's not contrived. Yeah. It didn't feel contrived. So, so, so he came back with this album and... Yeah. The video I watched uh, for Crackle Pop, is that what it's called? Yeah. It was just amazing. So there's a video, uh, uh, there's a link to it on the blurb on YouTube for called Crackle Pop by Human Pyramids. And it's uh, a sort of a virtual reality 360 beautiful video just with all of this kind of mayhem and fireworks and colors going off. But really great stuff and really kind of, you just want to keep playing. It's really, it's, really yeah. cool. And there's a cool, there's a cool little story behind that video. So... First of all, we worked with John Lynch, who is like the sort of unofficial fifth member of Axis and does a lot of our um, photography and, and, and videos and things like that. And oh, actually, that's our album cover yeah, I love behind it. us with so, uh, yeah. all of us on horses. It's and like, so he, uh, he took that, he took that shot. Yeah. So what he did was to get a load of people with synesthesia. Um, and if people don't know what synesthesia is, it's where you um, perceive... Music as uh, colour. Music as colour, yeah. yeah. And he got a load of people with synesthesia to listen to Crackle Pop and explain what they saw, how they experienced that song. And then the animations you see in that 360 video are uh, representations of what those people I love the drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, isn't it? And then, yeah, so John shot us against a green screen and then he also shot a space, which I can't remember what theatre it was, and then superimposed everyone into the theatre plus the synesthesia animation but it's wicked isn't it mm. it's really good fun to watch yeah it's really, really cool. we're talking as uh human pyramids have just released their second album called home uh, there's a link to how to buy that and i would urge you all to take a look at it so for the time being axes and human pyramids and whatever you're having yourself and whatever mm. paul's having himself will continue as it you're, you're these musicians who have this liquidity about you that yeah can, that can go yeah, yeah, Great. Yeah. So before we finish, what what about your, you know, we talked about, it's been a bit of a crazy interview around at the start and, and, and this upbeat music that you guys make. Where, where do you see the, like, what's your view on the world now? Like, just going back to maybe the start of the podcast, are you, are you do you feel that your music has got to be a antidote to glum faces in the world? Or yeah, do you feel I actually do. Yeah, I do. I won't go into it massively in depth, but in my times when I'm not doing loads of music, I do comedy. And I started off doing a bit of stand-up. I used to and do then, stand-up. Oh, wicked. It's <laughs> I, my joke is I used to do stand-up comedy until everyone told me to sit down. But <laughs> <laughs> the only good joke I wrote, I probably didn't even write that joke. Yeah, it probably wasn't even mine. I think I did. But I said it every time, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then I started doing, these, like, um, started doing more like character-based comedy. And what I realised with the character-based comedy is it's all fed into the stuff I'm doing now with the like brutal deluxe, like electronic music and stuff like that. Is that people buy into a world, and I think like they like the idea that you make a world and they can step into it. Mm. And axes and human pyramids are definitely like that. That's yeah. like saying like here's a world with this kind of music and this kind of like joy, and you can step in. And then so we like brutal deluxe and stuff that I'm making. Like I'm very that's how I'm approaching it I'm like creating a world for people to step into mm. and the world that I want people to step into is 
an awesome, sleazy, sexy, like fantasy to have a great time in. Mm. So yes, in answer to your question, that's my response to what's going on in the world right now. Because actually, I I it's, I don't. Well, I, did, I mean, that's just what I'm doing naturally. I, it's not like I... Did you read Ready Player One, the book? No, it's no. Our, there's a movie coming out of it. It's about, it's basically about we all end up living in fucking shithole slums and we just plug into a matrix all day. Outside, we have to come out and have a cup of tea of right, some right. stale bread and we go back into this thing and for all intents and purposes, we right. live So kind of like, in, an like, like in sort of Inception kind of... Yeah, a little, bit, a little bit like that, but much more kind of everyone's doing it. They go, right. You go to school there. You go to... Ah, uh, right. Ah, uh, that's thing. just... Oh, uh, okay. So that and, is just... And the whole world life. outside, the right. real world is just absolutely fucked. You live an avataristic life and it's, it's yeah. wherever you want to be. You can yeah. be, you know, whatever sex you want to be, whatever... Right. But yeah, this this world is is you know what's to stop us getting to that place? Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I like to think that I get off on creating that world and taking it within the context of the actual world. I.e., you'll go to a club and brutal deluxe will happen right. whilst you're in the club. Yeah. So you're going to be dancing. There's going to be music. There's going to be lights. There's going to be actual people. <laughs> you know, it sounds like um, you do everything you have a little comedy act before yeah. <laughs> you're an old fashioned yeah, yeah, empresario yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like hey, yeah. come on in make everyone an old fashioned yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah 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 yeah. it's just one person at a time yeah and it's a conveyor belt <laughs> like like kind yeah. of a a, a a ghost train yeah a slow ghost train yeah. where you come out the other end that, that, that was interesting yeah yeah that's a metaphor for my yeah. for and my you, career yeah, a start, slow ghost train <laughs> come back again sir <laughs> then you got to run around to the staff and go would you like an old fashioned <laughs> <laughs> sorry we're going yeah, off, yeah. off, off yeah. here let's no, finish with it. another song so um, cool let's play one of Human Pyramids let's play Crackle Pop Crackle Pop is the first Human Pyramids song that I've heard it won't be the last. Gian, thank you for coming on A Pint with Shawnee B. It was great crack. I love that interview. Thank you for the drink. And the best of luck with the career and yeah. best of luck with both bands. And uh, Thanks, it was good. This, this is Crackle Pop. Nice one.